welcome back to another episode of the Tile Money Podcast. My name is Luke Miller, your host. And with Tile Money, this podcast, we are strengthening the tile industry. We're doing that with our weekly content created by tile contractors for tile contractors. The result, a stronger industry from the ground up. Today, I have a good friend with me, Nathan Merrill. I'm really excited. Nathan is from Ohio now. He recently moved there not too long ago, within the last two years. His company is Vision Vision Stone and Tile, and I'm excited to talk to him about his vision. We're also going to talk to him today about his family life, work balance life, uh, and you never know what's going to come up. I know Nathan is an astute businessman. So we're going to have a really good conversation and get to know each other and weave in some business topics. Before we do that, I want to thank the Tile Nation for being a sponsor of Tile Money. TheTileNation.com is where you can learn more about the Tile Nation. In 2022, we've been focusing on gauge porcelain tile panel um, classes. We have two public classes later this year. We have one in September. It's a three-day class. We have one in October. It's a five-day class. You can learn more and sign up at thetilenation.com. If you are interested in large gauged porcelain tile panels, we are providing hands-on advanced training, three-day and five-day trainings. I also want to thank happytileguy.com. Happytileguy.com is where you can get your tile contractor websites, fully search engine optimized. My partner is eager to help you with getting your new website, and you can get one for less than $500 getting started. Go to happytileguy.com to learn more. All right, all right. I think that's everybody. I'm excited to bring Nathan on. Let's get him on. What up, Nathan? How are you? Doing good, doing good. How are you, brother? I'm good. That introduction was uh, was hype. <laughs> you, you have really... I mean, how long has Tile Money been going now for? So Tile Money has been going on... This September, it'll be four years. That's crazy. And um, just thinking back in my mind, it, it's just crazy to watch the thing develop. And even the introduction is like, that's pretty good. That was a pretty good introduction. Well, that, that pretty, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you I say like so. I, I typically read my introductions because I want to be okay. spot on. I didn't read this morning. That was just ad lib. I mean, I should be able to yeah. do it word for word by now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the ad lib, like ad lib is weird. Ad lib is better, I think, but it's a weird skill. You know what I mean? It's it's because you're you're trying to train yourself to be natural at something. Isn't that it's kind of like a um an ironic thing there, you know? Right. Like training to be a natural. Um, but I guess that's the way it goes with everything. So Well, you know, Nathan, um, I mean, like you say, it's been four years and we've done a lot of good. I'm not really changing a lot, but I am making small tweaks to the podcast. I mean, this is really a year of growth for me. 2022 has been, I mean, the whole experience has been incredible, but this, this year in particular, and I'm really looking forward to being more natural. I mean, if you think about it, yeah, four years, 200 episodes, well, that's 200 hours. Yeah. What, what do we know about, what do you know about perfecting something or getting, you know, really yeah. efficient? How many hours? Oh, it's, well, it depends on, depends on who you want to ask, but the Malcolm Gladwell thing, the general rule of thumb is 10,000 hours. So, but 200 is, is a bigger start than most people have at most things that they try. So you just, you see the improvement. You can only imagine where 10,000 hours leads an individual, um, considering I think most people probably give up on things 
honestly, if, if it's not like a job or a career or thing that they're really beholden to and have to stick to, like the extracurricular stuff, like Tile Money for You, it started as uh, you were working at the time when you when you started it, if Correct. I remember right. Correct. Yeah. Um, so most people give up, I would say, in less than less than 20 hours into trying something like that. They give up. So you're 200 and you can already see those strides and the refinements and the culture really that you've built around. I was thinking about it last night, actually it's, it's tile money, but you really have your, your finger on the pulse of, of wellness and balance and all those sort of things. So it 200 hours in it's, it's really, to me, that's, it's showing, you know what I mean? It's really showing. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan. I really appreciate that. And thank you for being a supporter of Tile Money Podcast. And also, you, you know, everything I'm doing, the the, the group um, from early on. I mean, we were having conversations early on. And this, this yeah. podcast has been long overdue. But you know what I say about the ones that are long overdue? I mean, I have people still waiting out there that I told I would interview. And if I've forgotten yeah. about you, all you got to do is reach out because I'm eager to yeah, yeah. interview the people who I've accidentally forgotten about or you know not been able to connect with and you're one of them and the thing about it is i'm really happy you're coming in on episode 203 or whatever you know because now we can have a really cool conversation and i mean it would have been cool always but i was a nervous wreck in those early early years i'm not gonna lie you know i still get nervous but um but one of the things i it i really appreciate about you is like you just said, you know, your content is also very balanced and your content is more family orientated and more about attracting the type of people who really want to work with Nathan Merrill and Vision Tile. And I really want to talk a little bit about that today. I want to talk about family work balance, work-life balance. Mm -hmm. I think you're somebody who can add a lot of value to that discussion just from seeing your content and by, you know, the, the conversations we've had over the years for the last four years. And mm-hmm. we're going to get up to whatever types of conversations you like, you know, Nathan, I, I really don't mean to, um, you know, the name of the podcast is tile money. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing about it is when I started, I was working in the business. Well, I never, you know, I, I had a, a nice growing business. I really did. It was a small business, though. You know, one of those one man. Um, right. I mean, we had like four. I had like four employees typically um, in those years, but it was a it was a growing small business. And my reputation was growing. I was about three years into that business, three four years, mm-hmm. um, and so my my purpose of starting this podcast and all of the Tile Money platforms was to just allow and open up the conversation for business. I, mm-hmm. I never started it with the intent to say like, you know, this, this, and this. No, it's it, it was really meant to be a friendly conversation with business woven into the conversation to remind us, oh, yeah, it's not just about how many minutes to slake the thin set or which tool blade is the best because there has been and is and will continue to be a plethora right. of that type of content. I really created mm-hmm. this for something just as a reminder, you know, not to say, we are the only resource for business or we have the formula that will work or we have an easy button. You know, I always say there are no easy buttons in life and in business. If somebody tries to sell you an easy button, they're trying to pull the wool over your eyes. You know, um, how do you yeah. feel about that? Um, you said a lot there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sorry. No, and, that's okay. And, and, I just, yeah, go ahead. 
I want to, I want to make sure that I unpack, unpack the things that you say. I, my, my general outlook on most things is, um, is kind of opposite of how it was when I grew up. So like my, my, the way my brain works is it goes a million miles an hour and it usually doesn't, it doesn't slow down unless I do very deliberate things to slow it down. Mm. And so I found even in like conversation, if I can't find a space to really with, with anyone to really even just catch my breath or, or stop or really force myself to hear what the other person is saying, Mm. then um, either I walk away from that conversation, not, not tuned in or missing something that I was supposed to get or leaving a less than desirable impression on either that person or how I feel about that interaction. Mm. And so, um, just, just before we really start talking, that's all I'm saying is that I have to take my time. So when you say a whole lot, I love listening to it, but then I have to think like, okay, what? Got it. So I'm not going <laughs> to, no, no, I'm not. I, you, you do your thing too. I love it. If you're, if you're waiting for me to answer, I could just like sit like this and look up for a minute. I just think, you know what I mean? I have to think about stuff before I respond to it. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess that's appropriate to think about, um, the respond, you know, responding to things. Me, where I'm at in business is, um, I am essentially a one man band now. And I work with my dad a lot now, which is such a, a surreal thing. I, you know, he put tools in my hands when I was, um, well, when I was a child, like very, very young tools in my hands and, and working with him in summers all growing up was common. And I basically went to work full time with him when I was like, I'll say the summer of being 16. And then I went to school another year. And then when I was 17, I was full time. Mm. So I didn't even technically finish high school. Um, I kind of, I did like a little bit of some homeschooling stuff for my senior year to Mm. get a couple more credits. And I wasn't a homeschooler. I went to public schools um, through the whole thing. But then the last year, um, school was always difficult for me. So I checked out of school. I was telling my wife, I think, um, probably around the fourth grade, like I was checked out of school mm. and that wasn't a, it wasn't like a deliberate decision I made. It's just the way my, my brain works. I right. was too anxious. I was too impatient. And, um, and I was a quick learner. And so just sitting in classrooms was like, it was torture for me. Mm-hmm. And so my, my whole life was just like, go, go, go and go harder and try harder and do more. And, um, and now like it, it's taken years of undoing a lot of that just to learn how to slow down and how to appreciate, you know, more of the essence of what life is. Mm-hmm. Life is not, life is not the stuff that we all cheer to each other that it is and bark to each other that it is like life really is made up of, of simple moments of small moments and in one after another in succession. Mm -hmm. And that's not how I lived and did business for probably the first 10 years of, of doing tile. I didn't do a bad job back then. I was just so, um, so searching and driven and thinking that, getting to the next level of this or that would, um, I don't I didn't even know what I thought it would do. I'm just a very driven person. Mm-hmm. 
I have a, a lot of um, internal energy. And if you don't funnel that right, it just becomes chaotic and, and leads to anxiety and that sort of thing. So I don't know if I addressed anything that you said, but it's a nice way to start our conversation, I guess. It's a perfect way to start it. And I, I really value and appreciate what you just said. I kind of want to learn more about the tools or the resources you're using to slow down because I feel like this is a worthy conversation and it's a conversation that frankly I need to hear. We talked, you started this conversation talking about the early beginnings of the podcast and I jumped into not only the podcast, but I really jumped into the industry. I was Mm -hmm. an outsider before I started the podcast. I knew about social media. I was building my, my, my business, social media, my tile company, and I knew about groups and I knew about forms. I mean, I had been on forms since 2008, but I read, 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 I didn't communicate. So when I, when I literally started this podcast was just about the time I started communicating and jumping into the industry and I've been distracted. I've been easily distracted. I I've been confused at times and I've been chasing sometimes things that weren't there. And like you said, I was thinking about where can I, you know, how can I grow this as fast as possible? How can I get, you know, and I, I really tripped a few times, but that's what Mm -hmm. happens in that, in that period of growth or that period of mindset. So now you're telling me there's a new way, there's a new way to develop your mindset. I love it. I can share some things. Would you be willing to share some tools and resources that are helping you to slow down? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll, I'll get to that. That'll be our third Okay. I'll keep this in my in my mind chronological. Sure, Firstly, sure. I, I remember one of the things you said about social media and the essence or the spirit, maybe if you will, of of what I try and put out. It really is a deliberate effort to reflect, mm. um, to reflect how I feel and maybe the emotion. I'm a I'm a very like emotional person, and so like I'll have days where. Like depending on my mood and what I'm doing at work, I I have earbuds in or headphones on all day. Some days, some days I have like just like brown noise or silence. Mm. But a lot of times when I'm creating the content, I I will think deliberately about the mood and the tenor of the day, and create the content really in flow with that because then it it's much more easy for that content to be authentic to what's happening that day. Mm. And I think people. I think it's it's much easier to do some of these things when you start to get in touch with intuition, feelings, emotions, that sort of stuff. Things that we in the construction industry are really typically completely out of tune with, right. completely out of tune with. Yeah. And so that's the first thing I wanted to say. The second thing about what you just said is when you started when you started Tile Money, I too was trying to do a few things. There were a few things I really was going to put some crazy effort into doing and one day some things just it was like I hit a brick wall that 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 flattened me to the ground and the way my brain works is uh, I shouldn't say my brain the way the way my personality is right is um for some people I think it's like you need to hit the throttle. You need to put some real effort in and really stick to whatever this thing is. My issue has never been that. My issue has always been the opposite. Mm-hmm. I overdo everything. A lot of things come easy to me in terms of learning new things and consuming information. Like 
I'm an avid reader. And so uh, it's not an exaggeration. I've read thousands and thousands of books. Like I just don't stop. I can speed read when I was really reading a bunch of them. They say like CEOs will do 52 books a year on average or whatever. Like that's nothing. Like I'll do hundreds. But that is just in line with the way my brain works. It just goes and goes and it doesn't slow down. And so, and I'll put crazy amounts of effort. Like you hear, I hate to use labels, but you hear like people talk about ADHD or autism or those sort of things. I don't like the labels, but it's not because I don't think that there's something to the truth of the way those minds work Mm -hmm. because I see the way that my mind works. And so the way that it works for me is I jump into things too quickly, too soon. I hit them too fast and I don't really give them time to marinate. I don't give things time to, uh, I don't give myself time to see broader context in the right way. Mm -hmm. And I get really impatient. Right. And so when you were doing what you did with tile money, I admire the way that you did it because you had, I'm sure, all the same insecurities and battles and all those things that at the very same time I was facing. Um, And I don't think there's a right or wrong way. I think it's a beautiful thing that different people with different personalities and motivating factors in their lives can come to two different decisions about the way forward and both of them can be right. And so for you, it was, no, I need to stick with this a hundred percent, in my opinion, the right thing to do. Uh And for me, it was like everything that I put out, I felt like it was fake. It was inauthentic. And I know I understand the psychology behind a, um, like an impersonating imposter syndrome, syndrome, right? I understand that. But I also understand there is a time when a person, I think these are moments of grace in your life when you do truly catch a glimpse, glimpse of your context mm. for what it is, more of an objective glimpse. Because everything we see is, is through our point of view. So it's always, it's a skewed angle because it's only one angle. And everything has an infinite amount of angles. Well, every once in a while, I think that some some element of grace allows us to understand fuller context from, from different angles. And that, I think that really is the empathy of what, or the, the, um, the essence of what empathy is. Maybe Uh empathy, I think is not, I think it's simply a matter of understanding angles and understanding points of view and, um, and really making a deliberate effort to see something, how somebody else does. And so all at once in my life, maybe four or five years ago, Everything, everything became clear to me as far as who I was and the way I was behaving and what I was trying to do. And, uh, and honestly, just how tired I was and how worn out I was, um, while I was doing all those things related to business, I also, I had a tile store, a retail store. Um, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I pastored a church too. And I pastored a church for 10 years a church that I started in a state that I moved to that I had never even visited. Me and my wife got married. We packed up a, a four cylinder Ford Ranger and um, the smallest U-Haul that you can rent. Hmm. And we moved to Wyoming and that was cold Turkey. Okay. I'd never even seen the Mississippi river. What year? And just, this was 2011 or 12. 
And so you had never even been there and you just never even been there. Okay. Yeah. That's the kind of person I am. My risk appetite is gargantuan. It's huge. (laughs) But the problem with that is, like I said, the way my brain goes, if I don't deliberately try and funnel whatever the skill sets and tools that I bring to the table, if I don't deliberately try and funnel them into specific efforts and efforts that, that are really connected to values that, that long-term feel like they will hold up, mm-hmm. then I just get scatterbrained and I do too much. And so there was a decade plus of my life where I worked seven days a week nonstop on, and not just on one thing where you think, oh, you're really going to, to amass a, um, an expertise or a fortune or whatever it may be within that one niche. I was doing everything. Mm-hmm. I was doing so much stuff, including I had three kids born in Wyoming. So the state that we'd never been to, we moved to lived with a stranger for a month. Then I started a church and then I had three kids. And on top of all that, the three kids that I had were all home births. My wife did natural home births in a state with no family that, that we had just moved to. Yeah. And so the beauty of that was over time that, that really became our home Mm -hmm. and, and we love the state of Wyoming, in my opinion, is the um, Ron Nash would agree with this. It is the most underrated and special state in the country. Yeah. But you, you won't get that. If you just travel through and visit, you won't get it. Right. It's a place where you have to be and you have to live there. And then the treasures of that state, they reveal themselves to you um, kind of throughout the time of being there. At least that's how it was for us. And so I said all that to say that where I'm at now is um, now I'm a one-man band. Yeah. I work with my dad uh, a little bit here and there. I have no employees. I have no store. I really have no business. This is going to sound terrible, and, and we'll elaborate on it, though. But I really have no business ambitions in terms of what is the next thing for me. Because I've arrived at something where I'm currently at that is the thing. And that was a mental shift. I had to realize, like, no, you are you, you are doing something that brings you great fulfillment, satisfaction. Um, it allows me to really expend tremendous amounts of energy, which I have an infinite supply of. And so when it when it when I talk when I think about the future, what the future holds. I really love the idea of doing tile work for the next 50 or 60 years. And I've already done it for 17 years. Right. To a lot of people that sounds like torture or a nightmare or whatever. But for me that I feel like at this stage in my life, that has been the grandest revelation thus far is that you can get to a place in your life where you understand how, how it is that you can be contented how you can stay there and, and really be well in your mind and, and in your body, in your workplace, in your family, all those sort of things. And so to speak then to your question about that, sharing some of the resources there, it, it's, um, it's a long, drawn-out process. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that there is one thing. I think that it's just each person is different. Do you think we have to all find our own way? I mean, I really do. I really think that everyone has to find their own way if 
they're going to be truly authentic people. Yeah. yeah. I think there are lots of ways that do work and it's it's wonderful to look at what other people are doing and maybe try and model what you're doing after that and this and that. But but something that I don't know why, there's a phrase that never ever sat well with me. And it wasn't until I really thought deeply about it, but it's that phrase, fake it till you make it. Yeah. I think that honestly, and I know people will not, they'll, they'll think the opposite of what I'm about to say, but this is just my perspective on it. Um, for whatever reason, I am, I'm very much motivated by like authenticity. I like people that are real. I like doing things that that's real. And when I say real, I mean, without deceitful or ulterior motives, without, um, without ideas that you have buried deep in your subconscious or maybe in the back of your conscious mind that, that you're really unwilling to address that are really calling the shots, whether that, whether that's greed or lust or envy or jealousy, whatever it is, those motivating forces, I think they find a way of getting way back in your mind where it becomes really easy to live your life under the pretenses of other things but really, you knew all along back in there, there was that element of, of something that you never examined, and you should have. And it's hard to do that. I, I really think, I don't want to get too philosophical, but but um, like Nietzsche, he, he talked about if you look into the abyss and so all that too long, like in those monsters, you could become one of them. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something to that. Not everyone, I think, can go through, everyone is different in life. And I think there, there's an infinite number of psychological processes that people can go through. It just so happens the way that my life has shaped up, I've had to do very, very deep psychological work to, to just start to understand some of the basic motivations of why I want to live this or that way. And so when I say I really think everyone has to find their own way, the only reason that I say that is because that's what I've had to do. And the only, the only um, scientific, if you will, evidence that I can actually offer forth to other people is my own experience because everything else is derivative. Everything else is something outside coming in and you take it as a statement of belief or, you know, whatever it may be. But my personal experience has been, I try a bunch of things. I throw a bunch of darts. Yeah. I examine how I feel about those things. I, I try and weigh it out and, and understand what I should stick with or what I should leave behind. And with that, I, I try and integrate the opinions and the reasoning of, of other people for sure. Um, but that's, that's why I think that that is best. I think the flip side of that, if you don't, uh, it becomes it seems to me that the trick of life, if you will, the real, the thing that can really trick a lot of people is if you don't seek out the authentic way of existing and and being in life, life has a really good way of making you think like life is a lot of things. I was thinking yesterday, life is made up of an, an infinite amount of beautiful things but it's also made up of an infinite amount of ugly things right. and every shade of gray in between it all exists. And a person 
the, the one thing about life I would say that is actually going on is reality is constantly trying to trick you into thinking it is just one thing. I think that's a game that the universe plays. It, the universe is trying to think, trick you into thinking it's just one thing. And the moment that you see a person adopt that point of view, that it's just one thing, is usually the moment that they become they become soured in some way. Like if a person believes that life is, is just this or is just that, and I won't go into any of the specifics of what a person can believe about that, but in my experience, it's, it's led people to un, a place of being unwell, really, just not, not being well. Life is infinitely complex, and so how can, we, how can we assume that someone could just give you a piece of paper with instructions on it? It's just not the way that it goes. You know, everyone's life is so, so diverse and different. Um, we're all doing well just yeah. to really slow down and take in that complexity and just accept it for what it is and, and admit to ourselves, look, we're all doing our best. Yeah. Really. That's, that's what we're trying to do. We are trying our best really at the end of the day. I, I, I understand. I mean, Nathan, um, I love that we're having this conversation today. We scheduled this, I don't know, a month ago or so and put it on the calendar. And yesterday somebody texted me and they say, Luke, um, I'm ha you know, I'm having trouble balancing my work life. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I'm too involved in my work and my life is suffering my family. And this right. is what this conversation is all about. And you didn't know that you didn't know no. what we were going to talk about last night. You said, what do we want to talk about? I said, I want to talk about you and I want to talk about what's your, on your mind. And then later I thought, and I said, you know what? I do want to talk about work-life balance. So I gave you, you know, 12 hours heads up. <laughs> yeah. I don't need the heads up. This, this stuff is on my brain yeah. every day, all day. Honestly, I think that I, it's hard to address people that are in the fire without them, like it's really hard to receive good advice when you're going through something very difficult. And so I, and I, I recognize that. And so I hesitate to just say, oh, people should do this or just do that. But what I will say is that if a person like that can just give themselves a little space to breathe, then little things begin to make sense, little things. They'll start to understand, you know what? I don't need to work until 6.30 and 7.30 every night. It, it, may, it may just be too much if you're a person with, say, family or, or health issues or whatever. It may just be too much. Yeah. Now, that advice might not apply to some 21-year-old just yeah. getting started. Yeah. He might have so much seal and energy and and even at that stage in your life, man, you've got so much sexual energy too. Like sure. you're ready to go find a wife and all these things. And people, you, it's funny, but it's the truth. Right. When you're young in your early twenties, man, you just have so much testosterone and vigor and like power and you really want to use it. And so for that person, that's the, you do that, yeah. you know, and, and that's the and, season, right. Drive that energy in that direction. But after that is when you have to really start questioning, like, how does, how does the whole context of my life look? How is the whole painting going to look as things progress? 
if I bring children into this world, what's best for them? Because at that point, it's not just about my pedantic behaviors, right? It's not just about my obsessions. Now it's about the wellness of human beings, right? So it's heartbreaking to see, especially in our trade, well, in, in all the trades, really, construction is not, and I, you know what, that's too, that's not broad enough. This is, this is a trick of being a human living in a highly industrialized, commercialized, and um, capitalistic society. I'm not against any one of those three things. All that I'm saying, though, is you have to put deliberate effort into not just giving those three things what they want always, because all all that those things want from you is more of what they are. Yeah. Right. So capitalism only wants more focus on capital and and the preservation of capital, the acquirement of capital, the trading of capital. That's what capitalism is about, and it's wonderful. But if you integrate your ego and your being and your life into like that. It's never going to let off on you. It only wants more of that. And if that is your standard of judgment for success in your life, it's always going to be above you. You're never going to get there, right? Because you're just, you're striving, you're striving to be something that a human being is not. A human being is multifaceted and and multidimensional, and there's levels to being a human being. An ideological framework or like belief system is just that it's really one dimensional. It's just like, Oh, this is what that thing is. And that's how it operates. And so if a human just throws themselves at that, well, what's that going to teach you about the next stage, right? You have to let off the throttle sometimes in one area to, to adjust in another area. Um, It's the same thing with being in this highly industrialized nation that we're in. Our, you look at the numbers of what this country does to this day, it's staggering how productive this nation is. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. The problem, and, and that sounds like a contradict, there's nothing wrong with that. The issue becomes when people wrap up their identity into that. Mm-hmm. And like, that's who they are. It's like, no, you are not. The fact that you can even make a statement about who you are shows you it's, it's not who you are. Yeah. You're speaking about those things, but you are, you're the guy behind all of that. And so you have to really pay attention on what becomes your master, you know, and, and what motivating forces do you really become slave to? Yeah. Because we're all, we're all slavish, if you will, in, in existence. Like we all have a slavish, I think it was Freud that, that really, open that up to the minds of people is that in our souls, we're slavish and we don't recognize just how slavish we become. And anything that you become a slave to the burden of that taskmaster will just weigh on you heavier as time goes. If you don't, if you don't contextualize it or really understand it for what it is. And so the, the simplest thing I would say to people that, really struggle in that regard is just, just find a space to breathe mm-hmm. and not, and, and they think, okay, then I can think about this or that. No, and not do anything. Like just, I, I was reading, um, well, think about, for instance, you, you maybe have heard this metaphor before, but when you like stir up water 
Mm-hmm. Water does not like you don't you can't help water to become calm. Like the nature of existence itself, gravity, just being here will pull that water back down to its um balanced state, if you will. Mm-hmm. Now on a molecular level it's doing something else all the time, but in terms of the point of view of a human observing it, you don't through vigorous activity you can't create peace. Uh-huh. Through vigorous activity you can't create calmness. Uh-huh. Those a- attaining those sort of things is I think it's a harder thing for people to learn because you don't learn it. You just experience it. And once you experience it, you realize that there's a space between everything. And that space between everything, that's the fabric of life. That's the stillness. That's the nothingness. That's the thing that when you're able to plug yourself into it, all of the sudden other things in your life, they relax, they calm down, they feel better. Uh, they slow down and operating in that way. Um, I think is a, is a much more balanced and and well way of being. I I really, really like that. Um, Nathan, thank you for sharing all that. And what you did there is about five minutes ago, you quoted, was it Nietzsche who said, don't stare at the the dragons lest you become one. Right. Something of that nature. And then you expanded on what that looks like in life. Um, Right. You know, there, I, if I adapt and I remain my focus on the dragons or the net, you said, you said there's an infinite amount of good and there's an infinite amount of bad. Mm -hmm. If I choose to just focus on the bad, pretty soon I leave my house in the morning and the sun hits my eyes and I curse the sun for hitting my eyes. Yeah. Meanwhile, my neighbor on the same street in the same city in the same world with the same human flesh is choosing to focus on all the good that's happening in the world right? and and building up positivity in their relationships and their community. They walk out of their sun at the same time and the sun hits their face and they know they're blessed. They know they're loved. They know that they can go out and make a positive impact and receive positivity as well as, you know, Right, right. Expanding on it. I, that, that's what I got out of what you just shared with us. And it was powerful. Thank you. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. I think you gave a lot of people, a lot of things to think about with work-life balance. You know, that is something that we're all struggling with now, the media and, and the way the, you know, the season is, I, I really like that we have a similar mindset. Like I've been, now that I'm, you know, approaching 40, I've been viewing my life as seasons. Well, this is one season. Mm-hmm. You know, I have right. a five-year-old. This is one season of my life. You know, I have, I'm going into 40. This is a season, the podcast season. You know, different seasons and what can I learn and grow? And it's not permanent, you know. It's like, I'm like you. You said you have a great um, appetite for risk. Right. <laughs> I have never, you know... I, it's true. You know, it, that's exactly the way I am. I, I'll drop yeah. on the move of a hat if I want to go explore a different state. I, right, I'm right. not afraid of different states. I, I embrace them. I embrace learning and growing. Now, as I get older, I'm doing more of what you're saying. I'm thinking, I'm reflecting. I do have a six-year-old to think about. It's not just me now. Yeah. It's not just right. my future. 
you know, so it's hers. So now I'm, I'm moving into the season of my life where I am a little bit more stable and, and my mindset is more about stability and providing and slowing down and enjoying life. So it's, it's crazy that, you know, we, you, you and I, we don't talk a lot, you know, we're, Mm -hmm. we're not on the phone every week. But every time we do talk, it's just like two old friends. And I really value that. And I have, I have dozens of people like that. They might call me once a year. They might not call me that often, but they've been calling me ever since I started this podcast. And when they do, it's like, we just have a great conversation and I, I, it's just, it's just wild. And this is a great conversation. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, just that, you know, starting and moving over because so many people online in my sphere will say, I'm in a really bad position in my yeah. area. And I understand that there are areas that are economically restricted. There mm-hmm. are areas where there is a plethora of tile, good tile installers. Southern California would be one of them. And there are areas where it is, there will, you will have more obstacles right. on succeeding you know, or, or building what you want to build just based on your location. Like that's a reality. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about, you know, did you move back home? It sounds like to your original state and, and what that process was like. And even though it was your original state and all that, you weren't there building your name for five, 10 years. So now right. you had to do that again. Can right. you tell right. us about that process? Sure. Um, for me, it was, it was actually very simple. And I, I really, I hate to say this because let me, let me just back. I will address that sure. as soon as I say this, sure. if you are feeling bad, if you are that person that today, for instance, right now you're listening to this and you feel like garbage. You have to also recognize that everything that we're saying, these are words, mm-hmm. right? And so in a sense, it's theoretical mm-hmm. because we're trying to represent truths that are inside of us, but we're doing it with words. And so a lot of this probably feels like a slap in the face to the person really feeling oh. bad. If you're really feeling bad, there's usually there's more physiologically going on than probably what you're aware of. Mm-hmm. And so when I say breathe, I mean quite literally learn how to breathe. Mm-hmm. Most people don't breathe correctly. They don't understand the value of the breath. When you really think about it, your breath and your heartbeat, I mean, that's that's kind of your two staples of existence. If you don't have those things really dialed in the right way, it's a cascading effect from there. And so right now, if you're, you're listening to this and you're like, these two, I hate to say it, but these two douchebags, like <laughs> trying to tell me how to fix this and that, I right. get it. Right? I really do get it because my brain takes me everywhere all over the universe. I've been in a lot of states. And so I know what those states are. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go into all of my personal history, but, but I know what those states are. I have much personal interaction with very, very bright places, infinitely yeah. bright places and infinitely dark places. Been to both of those places. Yeah. Yeah. And so... You, I'm saying quite literally, if that's you right now, I'm not the problem and Luke's not the problem. And I hate to say that you're the problem. It's not that you're the problem. Physiologically, it's easy for our bodies just to get a little out of whack. Mm. And so I'm saying, if you just stop and give yourself 10 minutes to really just 
breathes very deeply. However you want to do that. There's a million breath work things out there. Do this. Do that. There's a million of those that exist. But just slow down and breathe. That will prove to yourself one small thing, and that is you can you can adjust you can adjust your present situation, and you can make it slightly better through a decision of the mind, and then through the right type of action. Mm. So I wanted to say that. Now to your question about the move, a lot of it. Um, when I was in Wyoming, I racked up a lot of debt. I had I was wearing way too many hats. Um, it was so beautiful there. I mean, it was incredible. It was, it was the hardest, one of the hardest decisions of our life was leaving. Yeah. And I know people that that's a cheap thing to say, but it really was. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult. To this day, my wife is very emotional about it. And we talk, we communicate a lot. So we both understand our emotions on, on that phase of our life and where we are now. But um, I was very fortunate because when I was in Wyoming, I, I was grinding really hard to be a craftsman. And there's a lot of stuff I can look back on from 10 years ago. It's like, wow, that was bad. But I know at that stage, I was actively trying to get better. Yeah. And so I can see clear progression of my work just getting better. And when things really came to a head with us in our life, where we I shouldn't say we. It was really me presenting to my wife where I was mm-hmm. and it was through some real deep discovery of what I thought needed to happen and some real deep work. And so when we started to really understand not how desperate or dire, it wasn't desperate or dire, but just how much stuff I needed to let go of mm-hmm. and, and start over with a move back to our home state just seemed to us and to me and my wife upon reflection. And, and I don't, I don't want to act like um, we're completely in unison because that's not always how relationships work. Sure. But how they should work is when you recognize that you both actively for the sake of your relationship and your marriage and your love and your children, you both actively forgive each other. Cause my wife is a very perceptive and intuitive person and when she says, I told you so, most of the time she was right. right. She sees it in real time right. in ways that I don't. Yeah. But she also understands about me that I go through deep and long processes to really get to certain points. And so when we figured out, all right, a clean break is going to be best because I have too much responsibility that is um, that is taking me somewhere where mm-hmm. I don't want to be. Wow. And, and mentally, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, there's, I just, I just knew we were going places we didn't want to go. And so we had to make a clean break from three major things, an installation business, a retail tile store, four major things, actually, um, a church that I was the pastor of that I started. And so all my congregation and flock and people that really, from my point of view at that point in my life, their spiritual well-being, I was tied into that yeah. really in a deep, deep way. Sure. And I don't say that to, to, to talk about religious things. I'm just saying that was the nature of it. Yeah. We had a very interconnected life in our community. Yeah. But I just bit off more than I could chew in multiple, multiple ways. And so through really just through a moment of grace, when we decided to move here, I had at that point accumulated quite a bit of confidence in my skill set. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't 
a worry for us that I'd be able to find work. That was not the issue at all. And we took our month to month overhead, like we cut it down to a fraction just by moving back to Ohio and getting rid of all the business stuff we had going on and the ministry stuff and all that. Like we knew that through the elimination of all the stuff we were doing and just trying to seek out a very simple existence in Ohio, that those numbers were so much smaller and it was so much smaller than what we were used to dealing with that it's like, all right, this is not, we'll figure this out. This is really nothing in the grand scheme of what we're trying to do. And so that was the motivating point of view in moving back here. And when we got here, all that I did was when I got here, I started posting some work. Like my dad had a little job that I did kind of right at the start. Um, One guy off Facebook gave me a reference as soon as I got here. So I had a real good job off the bat. And I got that from a previous relationship. It was a $10,000 flooring job, 1,000 feet of tile. I mean, it was real basic, but it was a good one to hit the ground running. It was paid cash, all that stuff. So I hit the ground running and went to Instagram and posted some tile pictures and the location and did a couple other small things on Instagram. Followed a couple local contractors, liked a couple of their posts, but I really didn't go out of my way. At that point, my Instagram was like 10,000 people or so followers that is and that that take that for however you will but what that did for me was some of these contractors saw me and I interacted with their accounts and the the county I'm in the best builder in the county he's won the builder of the year award a few times it's a phenomenal company he just reached out to me he said hey you interested in doing some higher end tile work in the Portage Lakes area Mm-hmm. which is where close to where we're at. And I just said, sure. Yeah. And that was that. And so it's not a very valuable answer, but it's valuable to me because it was, it was a culmination of a lot of work that I had done over the years that when a person's that, what I'm saying is that work seeks me out at this point, right. I don't go out of my way to do this and do that. It seeks me out. And it also seeks me out in a very self filtering way. The people that come to me, they they understand what they're coming to me for. Mm. And that alleviates a lot of the burden of that start-over process. If a person is in that start-over process and maybe they don't, they don't have the fortune of that sort of thing, it's never too late to, um, to begin being um, quality, if you will, yeah. to begin making it known that you are trying to be as good as you can at what you're doing. Not necessarily the best. I don't think I'm the best. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very good. I understand that, but there's some guys out there. There's always someone better than you. Mm-hmm. And there's some guys out there This, in terms of technical tile skill, they're another level yeah. and there's, there's a bunch of them. And that's saying a lot cause I'm pretty darn good at tile. Yeah. Um, but there's some out there that's just like, no, nah, I'm not that guy. Yeah. But I've always made a very conscious effort to just try and do better, just be better. Um, so yeah, that he reached out to me and to this, I do other work on the side still, but I work primarily for one contractor currently in this area. I see. Yeah. And it's a wonderful relationship and I'm not, and people have asked me if that relationship goes south, what will happen? Eh, that's life. If it does, it does. Well, I focus on Once, that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not. 
I'm focused on a wonderful relationship. We're doing amazing projects and he's a good contractor. And every contractor has their strengths and every contractor has their weaknesses because they're human. Mm. And that is the truth for every human. And so I, that's where I'm at currently. I'm working for a very good builder. They have internal um, designers and, and um, it's just a really good outfit. And they understand with me, I don't turn out products like just mm-hmm. left and right. I take my time yeah. and they get that and I'm more expensive and they get that. Yeah. But he has enough uh, vision with what he's doing to, to know this is the type of craftsmanship we want happening in our projects. And so for now that works. I suspect as his business continues to scale, which it is, that at some point in the future that may not be the best fit mm. because I may not choose to scale with him. Scaling to larger and larger projects um, has certain requirements. Many of those requirements I, I gave up a little bit ago currently in my life, and this is where I'm at. And so we'll tackle that stuff as we come to it. But for now, that's, that's where I'm at with being back here in Ohio. I like that a lot. One of my other questions for you today was going to be, you know, how do you attract your ideal client? And you just explained it really well. And you explained, I mean, this is such a powerful podcast interview episode. I'm really pleased with everything we've covered today. And I want to have you back on if you'd be willing to be back on. Oh, that'd be super cool. That would be cool. I, you know, you just explained so much that, makes so much sense and and it touches on my life and it touches on other people's lives right now because Mm -hmm. like you just said we're all human right we're all living a similar existence we all have similar pain points and pleasure points as you mentioned earlier right We, we all have the same struggles and the same opportunities you've gotten to a point in your life through meditation and slowing your brain down and observing yourself and really reflecting on what's best for you, your wife and your children and and your future and your relationships and your health. And and Mm -hmm. you decided I need to slow things down. I am going to be really happy installing tile slowly at a pace that makes sense for me for 50 years. Yeah. And and the way, okay, well, how do you do that? Nathan, how do you do that? And you just said, I do that by building a sincere relationship built on trust and openness and honesty and communication. That's, right. that's everything you just said in the last few minutes about your relationship with the contractor and, yeah. and your reality and your expectations of him are not way up here. Your expectations right. of him are he knows how to communicate with me and he knows what I want and he knows what I need and he likes my work and he wants to keep hiring me, I'm going to keep that relationship. You're not even going to start thinking about what if this or what if that. You're not going to allow people to pressure you into that type of mentality because you know that if you can have sincere relationships and and beneficial, mutual, that nothing else matters because even even if that contractor shuts his business down or maybe he has to move, your reputation remains intact. Your ability to have him as a reference remains intact and, and your goodwill and your peace of mind remains intact. I, I love it. I love it. I mean, communication is something this podcast, I thought I was pretty good. 
the last four years taught me I have a lot. I've been working and working and working and chipping away at it. And unfortunately, I realized a little bit too late in some scenarios that I was not and am not the best communicator with my clients and my people yeah. and my audience even. And it's funny that I'm a podcaster and I'm saying that, but it's where I'm yeah. at. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the ironic part about it is we don't like, even that becomes a trap of, of thinking like, um, how do I want to word this? We get, we get better. It's such a, I don't want to say difficult, but it's a counterintuitive thing just because of the way that our culture is set up. And I don't, that sounds really cliche. Um, you don't get better always through, through being a try hard. Mm. Like we're all try hards. That's, that's what humans are. Right. We just try, we try, we try, we try. Right. And so even with you recognizing, like you can look, you have to be able to recognize your failure contentedly. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have to be able to recognize your success contentedly. And because being contented, I think, is is one of the greatest keys to wellness. And being well is something that just comes out of your pores. People, they can't help but notice when a person is well. Mm. Because when your brain is unscrambled, it's amazing the ways in which it operates. And, and things come out of you that you didn't know were there. And it's not through effort. It's not through being a tryhard. It's through contentedness and it's through wellness and slowing down. And so even when you look back on where you were and where you're going and how things are developed, you, we all have to get to a point where we are content with our successes as much as we are content with our failures. And, and maybe even not that it, like, it's, it's so it, this trick thing about the universe is difficult because even behind all that, there's this motivation of thinking, well, then maybe that will mean this or that. And that's the trick of like, it doesn't have to mean any of that. Mm -hmm. Like the trick is contentedness for the sake of contentedness, because that is a good way to be. And the fruit of that, I can honestly say that where I'm at and the people that I work with, yeah, I pounded pavement and I was grinding and working and all that. But the real meat and bones of a good life is contentedness. And, um, and I know that's contradictory to so much of the, the, um, the advice you get from people on the top. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is people on the top are statistically a very limited subset of human beings. Mm-hmm. And it could be that they have motivating forces that, that they say, look, I know this works because here I am. That's empirical truth for them. And so you can't naysay it as not working. It empirically did work for them. But the farther up that ladder of success you go, the fewer and fewer of those people there are. Right. And so that type of success, it comes with an ability to make it through trials and fire and hardships. And a lot of the things that I'm talking about where most people, generally speaking, would be better off to slow down and recognize it, not even recognize, but make the confession that if that type of thing is to happen in my life, I would be better off doing all of that as a well person and a person who is, is, is well in their mind and in their heart and their life than as an unwell person. 
And so much of the advice that comes down to us from the top of the people that have made it, I shouldn't say so much. There's a lot of people that say a lot of great things who sure, are there. Sure. But a lot of it that you hear, it's so cliche and it's so damaging mm-hmm. to the psyche of where most of us actually are. Because most of us in reality could have blissful and wonderful and, and loving lives if we would allow success to happen to us instead of thinking you just have to go out there and cram it and force it and make it happen. Just be a wonderful person, be a blissful person and be a happy person. And that bears the fruits that you could define as success in, from my point of view. Yeah. I like, I like that a lot. I, I really do. Um, one quote I really have been living by is, uh, I forget who said it, but success is the pursuit of a worthy goal, you know? In other mm-hmm. words, if you're building something worthwhile, you've already succeeded if that's where your attention yeah. is. And just chipping away at that, like you're saying, you know, let it come. Let success yeah. come to you just right. by doing your work wholeheartedly and you know, with integrity. And that's exactly what happens. And, you know, what I've learned, it's kind of funny, Nathan, and we'll wrap this up here. I I want to respect your time. We've been at it an hour and I've really enjoyed this interview. I really have. And I mean that you are welcome anytime you want on this episode, on this podcast. Now, what I've learned in, in the four years of doing this podcast is that business is actually very simple. I had a chance a couple years ago to interview uh, Mike um, uh, Michael uh, Michael Stone. He wrote okay. a big, thick book for contractors, and yep. it's called yep. like "Know Your Numbers: Profit Versus uh, Margin." Yep. Verse, yep. you know. And so, Michael Stone is the author of that book, and you know, he's like eighty-five. You know, he's like our grandparents' age. Yeah. And, and I interviewed him, and it was a good interview. Unfortunately, the sound was a little not as be- as good. But the interview and the things he said, I remember leaving that interview disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> and I was disappointed because all he said was very simple things. Pick yeah. up your phone. Mean yep. what you say. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take yeah. things personally. Always do your best. I mean, very simple things. He said, and he said, if you do these simple things, you'll be better than 80% of the, of right. the contractors out there that you're, you know, quote unquote competing with. Right. But if you don't worry about them, you're not really competing. You're just doing your best and you're going forward and you're calling people back and you're yeah. doing what you tell them. And if there is a mishap, you know, it's simple, fix it, make it right as best you to your ability. And yeah, move it, forward. And I remember being disappointed, but later it hit me. No, he's right. We don't right. have to make this too complicated. And I think his book is too complicated. It was good for our parents because it's very thick and it's very detailed. But I, I honestly think for ge- this generation, it might be a little complicated. That's why I like podcasts. That's why I like this. That's why I like shorter books, you know, and I'm, I'm not an avid reader like you. I will, I have some very thick books that I read. I've read the Bible multiple times. You know, I do attack larger books, but for business, I think why overcomplicate, why overcomplicate it? Yeah. Well, it, 
it, it's it, none of this is easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, um, life really is a striving, um, in terms of like the real mechanics of it, the universe has structure, mm-hmm. right? And structure implies opposites. Structure implies tension, right? So at a real fundamental level, there's a certain tension to life that, that is there. And we feel the need so often to like generate all this other tension. That's like, you don't need all of that. If the simple things are hard, then you have, you just have too much stuff going on in your life because the simple things should be simple. Like phone calls, like converse, like, if I feel like there's a time, like this happens to all of us where I'm like, man, I got these estimates to do and I don't want to do these estimates. And then you force yourself to do it and you get mm. through it and you always come through and you're like, Oh, that wasn't that bad. I mean, you're done. <laughs> right. It's much, much better to be in a state of, in a framework of, of, of real fruit bearing and, and productiveness where it's like, you're just prolific. It's like, Oh, I got to do that. No big deal. That's simple. Let's do it. Mm. Well, those simple things are not simple when your mind and your, your psyche is weighed down with anxieties and just stuff and all this striving. Then you can't even do simple things like hold your four-year-old's hand and go on a walk with them. Right. You know, and that's really the heartbreaking part is the real joys of my life come from being a craftsman who cares about the trade in and of itself and being a father who cares about my children in and of themselves, mm-hmm. not what I'm trying to, I understand I'm molding them. I get all of that, but the best way to do that is to care for them mm-hmm. as them yeah. speak to them. Yeah. Like I, I don't think maybe you have this with your daughter, but there are times when I have to really tune in to my children and, and you feel it. You feel when they recognize, like, I hate to say it this way because it's going to make me sound crazy, but, like, daddy is here. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. we pay attention to our children, but there's a difference between that and being with them and engaged. Yeah. And they can tell. And yeah. That's not a hard thing. It's a simple thing in words, right? It's simple. Sure. But when those things become hard, the simple and beautiful things of life, when they become hard, well, there's there's issues you've got to deal with because those are the things that really give you lasting fulfillment, you know? And if you want to see the bliss and beauty that life is, it doesn't come from, um, all that other stuff, just building layer on layer of a, your kingdom or whatever. Some people they're, they're geared that way and they can do it in a way that they are well. But I think, a lot of anxiety comes from people not recognizing they're not even good at the simple things yet. Mm. You know, like it, children live a simple life. It's pretty simple for them. And there's a beauty to that. And, uh, we all are obsessed with our, our beliefs that no, that's not adult life. And, um, that obsession is arbitrary. It's made in the mind. It's a contract of the mind. And, and sometimes people can't even find a way out of that and they get lost in it. And it leads you to really terrible places when you get lost in all of that, those contracts you make in your own mind. That was a great way to wrap this up, Nathan. I, thank you. 
I appreciate you and I appreciate everything you shared and, and your willingness to come on and be vulnerable and have a different style of conversation with me today. I think it was one of my favorite episodes yet. That's and, cool. And I, mean I appreciate that. that. I mean that. And I have <laughs> wow, to, that's really cool. I mean that because I've, I've really, you know, and I've really enjoyed listening to you and conversing with you today. And I hope my audience has enjoyed this episode as well. Nathan, that's it for us. We're running out of time. Um, okay. Tell us where people can find you on the internet and follow your work and get to know you a little more that way. So really straightforward Instagram, Nathan Merrill or Vision Stone and Tile. Um, and then I have a TikTok too, and it's Nathan Tiles the World. I have a conflict of brand there. I don't know which name I like better. Yeah. And I got to get that straightened out. But TikTok, Nathan Tiles the World, Instagram, Vision Stone and Tile. And that's how simple of a person I am. I don't have anything else. Okay. I don't have a website, nothing else. Just those things. Perfect. All right. Well, guys, if you want to go check out Nathan, go check out his work. He really does some incredible work out there in Ohio. And anywhere he's at, he's going to do incredible work and bring uh, a lot of value to this community. So, Nathan, thanks again. Tile friends, I, uh, I urge you, Nathan and I both urge you, stay positive. The world is going to throw a lot of confusing things at you. Business can get complicated, but if you stay positive, remain positive, focus on the simple things. Get really good at the simple things and simply allow success to come to you. All right, Tile Friends, that's all the time we have. If you want to learn more about me, go to my website, tilemoney.com. You can sign up for our new weekly newsletter. You can go to thetilenation.com to learn more about that. You can text the word Tile Nation to 844 446 7623. I'll text you once in a blue moon. I'm not going to blow up your phone every week. If you want to call me, you can do that. 831-588-0417. All right, Tile Friends, please, please, please stay profitable out there, Tile Friends. Over and out. Over and out.